What's up, family? What's up, family? Press the number one if you can hear me clear. Press the number one if you can hear me clear. Nah, you won't call me, Chris. Chris be lying. Chris won't call me. Somebody said, in the wraith. Nope. That's not where I am. That's not where I am. Listen. Um, <clears throat> I told y'all that I will never teach you something that I don't do. Who is that? Miss Miss Zachariah, you right. Somebody, somebody. Not only am I <clears throat> looking at land, the biggest thing that I've always taught y'all is that you don't pick a place that you're going to live in. You don't pick a place that you're going to live in based on the house. You get yourself together so that you can buy the land. So you look at land, you look at the community, you look at the environment and you ask yourself, can I build here? The problem that a lot of us have when it comes to purchasing homes <clears throat> is that we don't have the patience to wait because it's the land that matters most. It is where your family is going to be housed. When you purchase land or property that you want to live on or live in, you don't pick it based on a quick house so that you can say that you own a home. You don't, you don't pick it based on a keeping up with the Joneses. You make sure that you're in a financially stable position so that you can build on your land debt-free. And I'm about to show you all exactly how to do it. There is nothing in my life that I have done that I don't have any type of verification for, receipts for, or I haven't done for myself. Things that I teach you, I do for myself, and I will always show you deeds. I will always show you titles. I will always show you the process because so you can never say that you've never seen somebody come from the slums or come from poverty or come from being poor and go and do it for themselves. Matter of fact, um, you know, a lot of people were talking mess about me renting, right? Renting. That's what they were saying. Like Jake rent versus buying a home. And you're talking, you teaching our people mortgaging and all those things are important. When I teach our families, when I teach our people that finding a valuable skill set is much more important than you going to purchase a home. You seeing that you are more valuable than the home. Without you, that home cannot be financed or purchased. Without you, that home cannot be realized. Without you, that house don't turn into a home. What, what Luther say? A chair is still a chair. Even when no one... Is sitting there, <laughs> but a room, room, room is not a house, <laughs> and a house is not a home. Hey, that's what Luther said. Um, but listen, so <clears throat> when I teach people the importance, hold on, I'm gonna show y'all the land real quick. 
when I teach people the importance of when I teach people the importance of priorities, when I teach people the importance of priorities, I I challenge our people to ask yourself, how can you even think about getting a home, getting a property, getting a place for you to live when the people who raised you are still paying a mortgage? Yeah, yeah. How can you do it? How can you say that you want to build generational wealth when you haven't helped the people before you who raised you break that generational poverty? You're flossing you on social media and you're, and you're driving your nice cars or you're stunting online or you're coming up with the perception that you're doing better than the people who came before you, yet the people who came before you are not in a better situation because of you. So, somebody asked, what's the adequate amount of land? Well, it's the, the adequate amount of land is determined based on what you're trying to get from it. So, I don't plan on farming on my land. However, I did want enough land for me to actually build something on that I can appreciate. Um, um. When it comes to farming, investing in somebody who actually farms is important. So before I went and purchased uh, our land to start building our home for my family, I first made sure before the, the nice car, before the Rolexes, I first increased my value in the marketplace. That's the very first thing I did. I said, how can I provide my gift to the marketplace so that God can use me and, and people can actually compensate me for the value that I'm bringing in their life? That's the first thing I thought about. After finding that value, the second thing I asked myself is, how can I turn this value or this gift into a business? Because I want to operate in that space. After doing that, the third thing I thought about was building a banking system that I can control that 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 guarantees legacy for my family. That's the third thing. The the fourth thing, the fourth thing that I looked at is after I gained stability in my business, after I found value in my gift, after I gained stability in my business, after I created our banking system for our family to make sure that my parents don't have a mortgage or a debt. To make sure my parents don't have a mortgage or a debt. Most of you all don't know the name that I was birthed with was Taylor Jacobs, right? Taylor Jacobs. My father's nickname growing up was Jake. They used to call me Jake Jr. It was short for Jacobs. I went and changed my name. I added Jake in front of Taylor. And I, and I kept, of course, my last name, Jacobs, as a reminder that my last name comes first in all that I do. 
Jake Taylor Jacobs. Jake ain't nothing but an abbreviation of Jacobs that they used to call my father. But, I, but I'm about my father's business. I'm about being the next best version of my father. I'm about making sure that my family is taken care of. I'm about making sure that our legacy is secure. So I removed my first name from being my first name and placed it in the middle. And I put my, my father's nickname of our last name in front of my first name. I kept my last name, Jake Taylor Jacobs, and I smushed my name in, in the middle as a reminder that it's not about me, but it's about my father's legacy and my father's business. How can I say that I truly love the father, God himself, if I don't first love my father? How can I say that I'm about generational wealth if I don't first make sure that my father's taken care of? How can I say that I'm about my father's business when whom seed I come from, I still allow them to have doubt, worry, and frustration? So what did I do? Found value that I brought to the marketplace. Built a business around that value. Ensured that value with life insurance and building my own banking system. Once I got that together, and then I began to operate out of my business, then I made sure my parents didn't have a mortgage. Made sure my parents was taken care of. Then I hired my parents. Then I hired some of my, my, uh, my, uh, my little sisters, soon to be all of my sisters. Hired my mother, hired my father, took the pressure off of my, my mama who raised me, Mama Courtney, my mama. Then I said, I can get a Rolex. Then I said, I can get a rape. Then I said, I can now start to build for my family. Then I said, I can now start to build for my family. I'm not teaching you something that you can't do for yourself. It just requires patience. Requires discipline. It, re it requires for you to think of somebody other than yourself. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? The crazy thing is, this is this is how good God is. Y'all talk about that you bank with Bank of America. Chase Bank When I bank with the kingdom Y'all talk about all the bonus points That you get for swiping credit cards And it pays you For swiping a credit card And it pays you for swiping a credit card And I say I got my point. I got my bonus points with God Jake, what do you mean you got your bonus points with God? This is what I mean. This land 
in the neighborhood that we're in, it's easily supposed to be $225,000 minimum. And the neighborhood that we're in is at least supposed to be $225,000. God blessed us so much that we got this land for $150,000. Y'all are missing it. See, when you operate, when you operate and you move when God tells you to move, God gives you your own version of points. You know those points, airline points, that you swipe because you swipe in a credit card because you're trying to get your points. You know all those discounts that you're looking at getting. God provides you all the points and discount that you need when you decide to operate in him. Yeah. 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 So if your cousin Jake ain't going to be nothing, what I'm going to be is an example of somebody who chooses to walk the road that God designed for him. Yeah. What I'm going to be an example for you to know that if you do depend on God and you operate inside your gift, that God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think. Yeah. You know what happened before I got that land? Before we start building our house, my mother and my father don't work for nobody but the family business. I already talked about me taking care of my father's, my father's uh, mortgage that he had. Because how can I brag on getting a new home if my father is still paying a mortgage? But you know what else? I reinvested in our companies. We got multiple businesses doing seven figures. One doing eight. We have an eight-figure business conglomerate, business portfolio just in the companies that we own. We own a manufacturing company, a clothing manufacturing company. We're partnered with that. We own a we own a uh, we own a we own a, a supplemental nutrition manufacturing company. So before I took care of my own personal needs, I remember that I'm not doing it for me or trying to stun. I'm doing it as an example to show you that if you are about your father's business, God will ensure that your business is taken care of. And let me tell you something. When you are about your father's business, you will always get everything discounted. What good? What? When people say, Jake, why do you? Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Because God has never disappointed me. God has always given me everything I wanted on a discount. Everything. Everything. So before we bought the land, we had insurance, businesses, parents were taken care of. A trust, three trusts, before we even thought about locking ourselves up in a property. And you know the best part about what's about to happen? Here's the best part. I'm going to show y'all how to build the land. And talking with our developer and our contractor, I said, give us, we're going to do the renderings. And after doing the renderings, we're going to have a timeline. And I'm going to pay as you go on the building of this property and this land. 
Why is that important? Because a lot of us get in debt and you don't realize once you buy the land, you can take your time on the next building portion. You can take your time. Hey, listen, family, at the ABS firm, we teach families all across the country how to build their own bank. Yes, I said it, how to build their own bank. If you're looking to try to get out of debt, stop borrowing money from everyone else's bank without building your own family banking system, you need to get in our private banking blueprint where we literally show you exactly what we did to not only build our own private banking system for our company, but what I did to build me and my wife's and my family's private banking system so that you can be able to not only guarantee wealth for your family, but you can now learn how to be your own bank. How cool would it be to learn not only how to be your own bank, but to actually become your own bank? So go to privatebankandblueprint.com, privatebankandblueprint.com, so that you can learn 25 hours coursework, videos, questions, everything that you need. And you will also be able to talk to one of our ABS advisors to be able to set you up your own family bank. Family, this is true. It is possible. You just have to go see it for yourself. So privatebankingblueprint.com. Don't wait. So let me tell you something. When somebody say that you can't get the life that you want without borrowing money from the bank, tell them you got a cousin that's doing it. When somebody tell them that 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 uh, you should depend on a, a credit using leveraging money from the bank in order for you to get the life that you want, getting in debt, tell them that that's a lie because you got a cousin that's doing it. When somebody tells you that it's not possible for you to build and create the life of your dreams from your imagination, tell them that that is a lie because you got a cousin that's doing it. You know the reason why I tell y'all to call me cousin? It's because we all are family. Through the belief in God. And if in your mind you can trick your mind to believe that you have a family member that's out here practicing what he preaches. Then guess what? It would encourage you to do the same thing for yourself. So where am I? I'm on our newly bought land. Debt free. I'm in my dream car, debt free, running wildly successful businesses, debt free. And I did it all because I said yes to God, not yes to this world. The word of, word of God, it says to be in this world, but not of this world. <laughs> so I can operate in this world, but I'm not of this world. I do not. I do not submit to these worldly financial principles. When God said that 
we are to inherit our wealth from the hands of the wicked. So that means our wealth is already out there. Why would I get into debt to go get what is already rightfully mine? Nah, can't do that. Do you have to be black to join my academy? No, that's why we changed the name to Bridging Wealth Opportunities. However, we do have a specific focus in helping the communities that we come from. We teach you principles that can be applied in any demographic. However, we do have a specific focus on communities from which we, from what we come from. Talking to people who understand our language. So if you're okay with that, by all means, join BWO. Because BWO is bridging wealth opportunities. That's what it is. Uh, somebody said, Jake, somebody said... Uh, the business Barbie said, how much money did you have saved up before you started your business? Nothing. The only thing that I had saved up was my belief that God would make it happen. That was the only thing that I had saved up. I, I, I got, I got, I got stored up on my faith. I got stored up on my faith. Yeah. Yeah. We can prepare all we want, but sometimes God tells you to walk. You may be like, God, what? Walk. Walk. Because what I need to do, I need you to get uncomfortable. And I need, I need to wean off the people who depend on you too much. So I need for you to go dark. I need for you to lose it all. I need for you to start over. Because everything that you have, you've got it without me. That's why it's okay for you to operate in this world without me because you got it without me. I need for you to say yes to me. God says that I need for you to say yes to me. I need you to leave all these things behind and follow me and watch what I bring to your life. That's what I did. That's what I did. Was it hard? Hell, yes. Did people call me crazy? Hell, yes. Matter of fact, I call myself crazy. Like, God, how you want me? You you want me to do what? Debt free? Like never borrowing money from the bank? Like ever? Like no credit card? Like no outside investor? Like, like what? What? God said. This is what he told me four and a half, five years ago. He said, He said. This, this, this is the season of all of his righteousness, all of his righteousness, all of his kingdom ambassadors, all of his kingdom children to reclaim what's rightfully ours. And nobody will believe it until they can see somebody who has documentation that they have done it debt free. What he said. He said, because there are too many people who are too hyper dependent upon this world delivering something for them <laughs> and are not hyper dependent upon the entity that created the world that they depend on. So, use me as an example. One thing I will tell you is that God would never tell you to walk without you having the skill sets to survive. 
So a lot of us try to walk away from our jobs or walk away from opportunities, but you didn't you didn't develop the skill sets needed. You haven't mastered skill sets, turned them into talents that can uplift your gift in a dark time. So guess what? I will be the walking contradiction. Because God makes all things that are impossible, possible. You can get your land. You can be in your dream car. And I get these because it's, it is, it is, um, they are physical representations of the inner blessings that I am receiving. They are physical representations of the inner blessings that I am receiving. What you are witnessing in the physical are my miracles. Where God brought me from, where he's bringing us to. What you got to understand is this. If God is your God, we are not supposed to be chasing these things. We're supposed to have these things and chase these dreams that God has given us. See, wearing nice things, driving nice cars, living in nice environments are my expectation that comes with the inheritance and the responsibility of upholding the mantle of God. Because the only way a seed can get proper nutrients is if it's in a Vital environment that has the nutrients to give it. How can you properly give your children your dreams, your 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 expectations, your visions, the proper nutrients needed if you lack the resources and environment that can sustain it? This is why environment and exposure is important. Because you can import your seed into somebody else's environment. And then you can leech off of the environment, get the nutrients that you need for God to replant you in a better environment all your own. This is why we need each other. Because if when I didn't have the environment, I planted my seed in other people's environment who had the nutrients needed to provide to me what I needed. But we don't want to work together. We don't want to work together. So the question that you may have is, Jake, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Um. Um, but how can I get funding to start my business? You already lost because the moment you start a business and you immediately say, how can I get funding? You already lost because the principle in the word of God is to give value to receive value. The word of God, it says that the greatest among us shall be a servant Jesus didn't come asking, where can I get resources and funding first? Jesus came and served. 
Moses served. David served. Job served. Abraham served. Ruth served. Joseph so served. Obed served. served. So when I started, notice what I said. The very first thing I asked myself is what value can I bring the world? What value can I bring God's people? Because if you're serving God's people, you are in the right capacity, you will never be under-resourced. He'll never do that. Now, if you're serving God's people in the capacity that you choose, not what he's gifted you, of course you'll be under-resourced. But I've never seen somebody who operates in the gift that God gave them that serves his people best that ever lacked. So if I serve, the question that you ask is, I have a product, a service, or a good. What? How can I provide this product or this service to God's people? How can I serve his people? You know what happens? When you serve God's people in return, they give you funding. The very place that banks get their funding. See, banks serve communities. Give them products and services that they offer. The communities give the banks money. The banks grow the money. So are you telling me that the banks in their wickedness have more understanding of biblical principles than the people who claim that they love God? This is why the Bible says that, that uh, 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 God respects principle, not person. Whoever can administer the principle of serving, the principle of doing, going through the manual that God gifted, those are the ones who get the inheritance. God is not. God is not. God is not. God is not. Unjust. You say, Jake, but in order to make my product, I need funding to create my product. Well, I say, well, that means that you probably need to serve in somebody else's organization until you get the funding. Maybe that means that if you truly care about serving, you would deny yourself of some of your, uh, you would deny yourself of some of the things that you desire for the coming good of the service that you want to bring to society. You're going to deny yourself going out because you're spending $200 uh, every two weeks. That's $400 a month. You're going to deny yourself on driving a fancy a new car that you finance. You're going to go get you a cash car. That'll save you $500 a month. You're at $900 a month. You just literally saved. You're living in a two-bedroom apartment, but it's only you. Save $600. You're already at 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. You're already at $1,500 a month that you're saved. Add more value to another person's environment. You have more money that you can save. Now you can go invest into the products that you need and then sell those products to the people. And then make your money. Don't spend that money. Reinvest all that money back into your products and your business and go serve and sell the people again. And then reinvest all of the profits back into your business and serve and go sell your people again. And what you're going to find out is you're going to serve your way to freedom. See, the only way you can truly get to true freedom is if you serve your way through. 
See, the thing that people are missing is that I served. For three years, nobody knew who I was. I served. I taught private banking blueprint for free until I was blue in the face. I served. Went on appointments before I started charging anybody anything. I did free appointments, free consultations, two, three hours at a time. And people didn't even get products with me, but I served my way to freedom. I served. Because how can you say that you truly care about people, but you're not willing to serve them if they don't pay you? Because true value is always compensated. God never lets anyone go unpaid that brought true value to his people. Never will. So guess what? Five years ago, I wrote a bunch of stuff. I wrote a bunch of stuff on my on my on my on my planner because God said you write it down, you make it plain, and that those who see you can run with you. Those that see it can run with it. I wrote my stuff down. And I didn't allow any organization, no sales leader, no CEO, no visionary, no person take me off of what God told me was mine. I got what I needed from environments and I left environment when it began to be toxic to my belief and my faith mechanism. I didn't give a damn how much money somebody made because I knew what was mine is mine and that ain't mine. Your money ain't my money. Your blessings are not my blessings, so I am not wooed or wowed by the blessings that God has for you. All I want to know is, what were your disciplines that got you the blessings that God has for you? What were the disciplines that you administered because I need those in my life? Once I learned it and the environment serves me, I left those environments even when people ridiculed me for leaving specific environments. But I listen to God's redirection so that I can focus on my direction to my destiny. See, a lot of us try to run through detours because you refuse to get off path. Some of you try to force your way through a detour and you find yourself in a ditch that takes more time for you to get out. When God gives me a detour, I take it. God said, this environment has served you enough. Move. I move. These people served you enough, move. These people have leached enough, move, move. God, when, when my best friend stole $40,000 from my business and left like I was some, like, and left like I was some, 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 some bum nigga on the street. God said, just move. That was a $40,000 learning experience to always remind you, never stop listening to your gut feeling because that gut feeling is me speaking to you. Because you went through a detour trying to give somebody an opportunity, you missed the signs that I had in front of you. Therefore, now you're in a $40,000 learning mistake that now is going to take you more time to get out of. So it was paid, it was paid education. Then I moved, operated differently, learned from my mistakes, built on my relationship to listen to what God is telling me. And at 29, 
two months before my birthday, two months before I turned 30, God has locked in everything that I wrote down five years ago on, in my planner. Everything that I wrote down five years ago is in my planner. Because I decided to say yes to God and no to anybody else that was taking me away from him. Taking me away from listening to him. I didn't give a damn who the mentor was. If the mentor wasn't listening to my God, that was not the mentor that I sat under. And a lot of us are so wooed by the resources and the glimmer and the gleam and the, the flashiness that you never sit down and ask yourself, who God are they serving? So my whole mission is to make God cool, to put help be an example to get you to start looking at God for who he really is. Can I tell y'all something? God never took our inheritance away from us. We forced his hand. Every time we decide to listen to somebody else other than your gut feeling, that, that voice inside of you, every time you decide to not listen to your subconscious mind that is telling you something different, you forfeit it away. God never took nothing from us. We gave that away. We give our fortune away. We give our inheritance away. We give our miracles away because you choose to not believe in him. So how can you be mad at God when you took it from yourself? How can you be mad? How can you be mad? I know what some of y'all are going to say. But Jake, I didn't. My life was hard. Mine was too. I grew up without nothing. Me too. I grew up with one pair of shoes. Me too. I grew up and sometimes our lights went out. Me too. I grew up in my mom, my biological mom or my biological dad didn't raise me. Me too. I grew up and I got raped or molested. Guess what? Me too. Me too. I grew up, nobody understood me, understands me. Guess what? Me too. I, I'm starting my business with no money, no funding, no belief, no backing by nobody in my family, no my friends. Guess what? Me too. <laughs> me too. Now what you gonna do? 
See, see, Jake. I'm gonna be real with you. See, Jake. I got children and I got set up, and all of a sudden I'm raising a child or children that 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 I got I got set up on. Can I tell you a truth? Me too. <laughs> now what? When you look in the Bible, when I looked at the Bible, you know what made me throw my excuses away? I saw a lot of me too's who conquered the world. I saw a lot of me too's who submitted themselves to God and God gave them everything. I saw a lot of me too's in that book and I made that book a living word in my life. Me too. You know why God has you go through certain things and allow certain experiences to happen to you? Because it humanizes us. It makes us have empathy. A little bit more patience with people. A little bit more care. We're, we're more subtle with the words that we use. We're more subtle with the tongue that we have power in. Stop using your flaws and the things that happen to you as the reason why you can't excel or succeed. There's a bunch of me too stories out. I, I, me too. I had it rough. Me too. Used to get my ass beat because my dad was mad and was drunk. Me too. But my dad was 21 raising a son. My dad was 21 raising a son. What were, where were you at 21? Have a little bit of empathy. Have a little bit of empathy for the people who raised you. My mom was 19. <laughs> See, the Me Too story allows for you to humanize and realize that God needs something to connect us. And unfortunately, success doesn't connect us. Pain does. This is why successful people that are really successful. We don't talk about all the stuff like a lot of people like I know somebody is really successful or they really got money based on the conversations that we have. Somebody who is stunting always talks about what they have. Somebody who has it always teaches you based on their pain. Are you going to soak in the me too? Or are you going to ask yourself, are you going to 
allow for the things that have happened to you in your past to help build your future. Me too. We put too much pressure on our parents. <laughs> was a bunch of children raising children. And we just continued the process. So all that anger that you have for somebody, remember... Somebody may have physically molested or raped you. It happened to me. But how many people have you physically, you, you've mentally, emotionally raped or molested their dreams away from them because of your fear and doubt? Be careful pointing a finger when we do the same thing. How many people have we tore down and destroyed because of the power of our tongue? Be careful. Be careful. Because a lot of us out here raping people from their dreams. Molesting your children from their imagination. Telling them to grow up when your ass ain't, grow up, ain't grown up. How dare you? But when you embrace me too. You see the humanity in us all. You see the need of us, our dependence on God. How can you tell your children to get serious and stop playing around when you've been playing around? That's the reason that they born before they were supposed to be born. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you want your family your children to keep up your legacy when you refuse to forgive the people who raised you and help them start the legacy how dare you expect your children to do what you are not willing to do for the people who birthed you raised you and brought you up how dare you how dare you expect more of some people, somebody else, your children, other than what you're willing to give? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? So God began to change my life around. When I started looking at all of the people that I've hurt, all of the things I've done wrong. I looked it square in his eyes. And the only thing I could say was, God, forgive me. <laughs> I'm, I've been a thief. You may say, Jake, I ain't never stole nothing in my life. You ain't never stole somebody's dreams away from them by telling them it's too outlandish. We never stole somebody's idea that God gave them and told them that it was bad. Never stole, huh? 
You have never stole somebody's trust and in, in, in love for you, misused it, and gave it back to them like it was trash. You ain't never done that. Mm. You are a thief. Jake, I ain't never murdered nobody. You haven't? The Bible says, without vision, the people shall perish. Every time you murder the vision that God plants inside of somebody, the dreams inside of somebody, you are indeed a murderer. A lot of us got more bodies than somebody who physically killed somebody. Do you know the torture that somebody has to live in knowing that the only idea that they begin to truly believe you murdered every single piece of faith that they had in it? You are a murderer. And you know the worst type of murderer? The murderer that doesn't even flinch when they kill somebody's dreams. And unfortunately, a lot of our women are murderers. You crush a man because you have this ill, unrealistic, unequally yoked vision or version of what your man is supposed to be doing. When you aren't even built or ready to provide that for your man. Men. You a murderer too. We kill our wives. We kill our spouses. By putting them under the same law that Jesus broke. Can I give y'all some game? In Genesis 3. 16 I think around there. Don't quote me. Genesis chapter 3 though. Do y'all know the covenant? And the law and the curse that was placed on the woman. I'm going to tell you because most of us don't miss it. When Eve convinced Adam to eat the fruit. A lot of men like to stop there and say. That's why the Bible says that women have pain when they give birth. But you missed the second curse. The second curse says, and you will always be under man. That subservient, subservient role, that your woman uh, being almost like your animal serves you. You pat her head. She, she, she feels your need the way that you need her to feel your need. And you tap on the ass and say, now go cook for me. That was a curse. It was in your Bible. That most of us miss. But in Romans 7, it says that Yahshua's death broke all of the law. All of the curses. The law were the curses that we were under because we didn't do right. Jesus or Yahshua was the second Adam that made right what was done wrong, which broke us from that curse. Your woman's natural position is a help meet. You know what a help meet is? Someone that is capable of helping you meet God's expectations of you. You know, every time you tell your woman to be quiet. Every time you don't put her in positions of authority. Every time, fellas, you treat your woman like a little sex toy that cooks for you and cleans for you. Every time. 
You know what you're doing? You're murdering her vision. You're murdering her purpose. Because she was not created to clean up after your ass. She was not created just to cook for your ass. Sorry. She was created to be your help me. So men, why you going out there and getting them flashy ass cars? To stunt. Getting, getting, you know, flossy, uh, a bust down shit. Flying on jets. But you don't have a maid. And you haven't hired a community that can help support your wife. You are a murderer. You are a murderer. You are indeed a murderer. So how dare you look down on people who have physically done a sin that you've been spiritually doing this entire time? How dare you look down on people who physically got caught when you are out here serial killing these women? Serial killing these men, ladies. So where am I right now? I'm leaving my land that I just purchased because of the provision that God had for me. But where I am right now, in my spiritual life, we're going to break completely down that we are no longer under the curse. We are no longer under the original law of sin that kept us away from our inheritance. And what Yahshua, what Jesus was doing, Yahshua, however you want to call him, he was showing us how to operate in our righteousness. He was showing us how to operate. <laughs> he was showing us how to operate in our godliness. He was showing us how to operate like we, we were operating before we sinned in the garden. So when you look at the life of Jesus, don't look at it from a, from a lens of idolizing something that you cannot reach. Look at it as a blueprint and as an example of how we're supposed to submit ourselves so that we can, in fact, what up, what up, what up, so that we can, in fact, get back to our natural state of being, calling things as if they are and bringing things that don't exist as if they always have. So where am I? I'm in the same place spiritually that I want you to be. Understanding that God is giving you more power, more ability, more blessings than you can even imagine. But it's up to you for you to make the decision that you no longer want to be under the curse. That you accept that the curse was broken and that you move forward in ways enhancing, increasing the kingdom of God.
I love you. And there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. If you receive value from this post, when I post it to my page here shortly, can you please write a brief description of what you learned from today's lesson? Can you like it, share it, and then tag two people that need to hear this message today? Press the number two if you can do that for me. Press the number two if you can do that for me. Press the number two if you can do that for me. Thank you. So I'm about to post it. It's about to be on my page. Just go to my profile. When you go to my profile, you're going to see it loaded up there. 